This podcast contains explicit content. Dissecting the news one tangent at a time. This is Hardly Focused. Three billion human lives ended on August 29th, 1997. The survivors of the nuclear fire called the War Judgment Day. They lived only to face a new nightmare. The war against the machines. Everybody and welcome to Hardly Focused with Jack Gill and Nate Fillers, just the two of us today. You and I. And we kick off this episode of the podcast with some breaking news. Actor Ed Asner, 91 years young, has left this mortal coil. Rest in peace. Uh, a very prolific actor, uh, voice actor especially. My word, if you ever look at his filmography, just the, the different roles he played in cartoons and uh, animated films. Uh, most of the young people know him from Up as Carl Fredrickson uh, with, with the most depressing first 10 minutes of any children's Any movie film. ever. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I remember uh, Kate calls me one night back when uh, she was still living at home and uh, she was just a blubbering mess. I couldn't understand anything she was saying and I, I hang up on her because I, I, I'm like, I can't understand you. I have, you're just making noise and she texts me after I hang up saying that she's trying to watch Up by herself. She had never watched it before and she was 10 minutes into it and she couldn't make it past the first 10 minutes with, with Ellie passing. I think she was probably also on her period too so as you can imagine that was not a good combination so I had to drop what I was doing and drive to her parents' house and watch up with her to which I was also made incredibly sad because my word the beginning of that movie god damn. Did you, have you, did you see it before you went over? No. First time. Oh fuck yeah! So it's it's fucking rough, man. And uh, I was just at a wedding recently where uh, the theme was Disney because the bride loves Disney and she's the type to go to Disneyland, Disney World every year. Uh, they're currently at Disney in Florida on their honeymoon. No surprise, but the theme was Disney, and the, the like the main motif was up. So, uh, so uh, kind of sending mixed messages. Yeah, kind of, kind of weird, right? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's a good movie, but it's not the thing you want to celebrate at the at a wedding. <laughs> With, you know, the wife dying at the very beginning. <laughs> no, I, I mean they live. What I, I'm pretty sure that uh, Carl and Ellie live a happy life. Is she just? Oh yeah, just you never get to see any of it. You right, just get the flash, the flash forward. Blah, 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 blah. She's uh, elderly when she dies too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as, I haven't seen up, by the way. Sorry. I, I don't call. I can't ca- uh, count that as a spoiler because it's literally like the first. Um, it's like the first thing that happens in the film. You can't really say yeah, it's a spoiler. It, it also came out in 2009. Yeah. Um, um, there's a short film that Pixar is releasing later this year called Doug Days. Doug being the dog from up and uh, Ed Asner is in it. 
playing Carl Fredrickson again. I believe that would be the very last thing that he will have to his name. Huh. Uh, I mean, he is in a lot. He, yeah, he, I, I, particular. I mean, there's a. I was looking through a whole thing on YouTube of things that he was in, like cartoons, just like mm-hmm. animated things, and it was all like. You know, the great animated cartoons of the 90s, uh, like Spider-Man, the animated series. He was J. Jonah Jameson, um, and um, he was on Freakazoid. Uh, he was Ed Wunsler on the Boondocks. Uh, he was on The Simpsons. Uh, I believe he was the editor of the Springfield Shopper when Homer becomes a food critic. <laughs> well, what do you think? This is a joke, right? I mean, this is the stupidest thing I've ever read. What's wrong with it? Well, you keep using words like Pascetti and Mamados. You make numerous threatening references to the UN. And at the end, you repeat the words screw Flanders over and over again. Classic. He had that drawl to his voice, too. Like when you hear at the very end when he says again... That, mm-hmm. That's like a trademark Ed Asner growl. Um, he was Lou Grant on the Mary Tyler Moore show. I think he got a spinoff um, at, with that character because that was also during a time when every every show was a spinoff of another show. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, Ed Asner, goddamn, 91 years old. What a life and, and working right up to the very end. Yeah, holy shit. I mean, I'm I'm on his IMDb right now, just cruising through, and there's so many for 2021 and 2020. And oh yeah, it's just like wow. Yeah, it wouldn't stop. There, there's a there's a a group of really good actors who who are who are born around that time and uh, are are still around today. There's there's this old lady, and goddamn, am I blanking on her name right now? But she's like. I don't know if it's right to call her the female Ed Asner, but she's like the same age and she's been in a bunch of different productions, including like Disney animated films. Um, Probably during one of our breaks, I'll try to look up her name. Um, But I think she's in that same age range. She's got to be in her 90s now. uh, And same deal. She's still an active uh, actress still at it. And then, of course, Betty White. Goddamn. Wrap her in cellophane at least for the next two years so she can make it to triple digits. Yeah. It's going to be a sad day when we lose her, but uh, she's still kicking too. So uh, now, now this is a thing that I don't like is when articles sort of, I mean, clickbait is just garbage. It's it's just absolute garbage. But when articles begin, when like they're talking about prolific actors, actresses, and they begin with like, for example, uh, Ed Asner, because I saw this literally two days ago. I'm not kidding when I say two days ago. I literally mean two days ago. It was like, Ed Asner, 91. When I see that, I'm thinking, oh, God, he's dead. Yeah, same. Because that's how obituaries start, or at least like the uh, like the, the, the reflections of a, of a, you know, a dead celebrity. But no, it was like an article like reflecting on his career. And, I, and that article makes like no mention of him being ill. It wasn't done because they knew he was on his way out. It was just like a coincidence. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, God, he's dead. No, he's not dead. Two days later. He's dead. He's dead. They did the same thing. I, with, they did the same thing with Betty White. Uh, mm, uh, Bob, yeah. Bob Newhart is still around. 
uh, and they do same exact thing with him. It's like Bob Newhart, 90, whatever, however old he is, 80 something. Uh, and the guy looks like a ghoul, but he's still alive. But the articles are always written like they want to. The first thing they want to do is call out his age in relation to how he's still active. But anytime I see yeah. one of those posts come up, it's like, oh, God, we lost Newhart. No, no, we didn't. No, false alarm. It's like it's like Abe Vigoda. <laughs> how many times did Abe Vigoda die or Larry King die before they actually died? Yeah. Um, I, I I always get it, though, on Facebook when it's just like a single image of a person and then their name. I just whatever age they are, I just assume that's that's it. That's the post telling me that they died. Yeah. Well, uh, a sad day, sad week because we lost not only Ed Asner uh, and, and, and sort of a a break from tradition with this podcast in the decade plus we've been doing it. Usually the, the celebrities pass on after we record an episode. That's true. So we can't. And then by the time we record the next one, it's no longer relevant. But uh, Ed Asner passing away. We lost Charlie Watts from the Rolling Stones, 80 years old. Good drummer. Um, uh, yeah, longtime drummer. Been in the band almost, almost since uh, the band's inceptions, inception in the '60s. I think I think there was at least one drummer that came before him, but um, Charlie had been in the band uh, since almost the very beginning. Had just dropped off their 2021 tour before it started, citing health concerns, and passed away just a couple of days later. Um. Oh, uh, we lost. Um, uh, was it Dusty from ZZ Top? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was the same deal. You know, dropped off tour, was sick, but at least I think he knew the end was coming and um, uh, passed on. To, told straight, According to Billy Gibbons, he straight up told Billy Gibbons, um, our, my, I want my bass tech to take over. Because he knew. He knew the, the end was in sight. So uh, we lost him. Uh, and then Eric Clapton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eric Clapton, his career is dead because he's uh, a, a very vocal anti-vaxxer, uh, oh, wow. doesn't, doesn't believe in COVID. I guess Van Morrison uh, is, is of the same mindset, uh, neither of which I've never enjoyed. I just found both of them to be overrated. Um, but uh, Clapton released a song like a, like a anti-COVID, anti-vax, anti-lockdown protest song the other day which um I, I would love to just go an episode of the show without talking about these types of people but if we didn't have the misinformation spreading on social media then it's it's prominent celebrities like this guy who uh you, you know are influencing people to sway in that direction of thinking what did he do like what did he is, is twitter like what uh, he, I, I think he actually got the vaccine, but he did not have a, a good reaction to it. And he's one of those idiots that doesn't seem to realize that you can have a poor reaction to any sort of injection, any sort of drug, any sort of vaccine. I mean, nothing like that is without hundred percent without side effects. And he just happened to, because he's very old, had side effects. Yeah, it sucks. So he's like now speaking out against it because he didn't react well to it. And he also just is, is fed up with the lockdowns and, and which, yeah, it, you're allowed to be fed up with it, but not to the point when you're like vehemently calling for them to be lifted while while 
things are still bad. Like they 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 got better and then they stopped being better. They got worse again. So um, yeah, I think everybody's going through burnout in terms of like this whole lockdown situation and COVID and everything. I think everybody's experiencing some level of you know what? Fuck it. I can't do this anymore. Like I'm done. I'm done trying. I'm done. Like there's only so often you can like hang on or hold on to like certain anxieties and certain things. And it's me personally, I've gotten that way too, where I'm just like, I'm just burnt out. Like I'm, I'm still going to be safe for other people, but like, I just can't anymore. Like, and I'm sure that it's not giving him an excuse because that's really shitty what he's doing. But at least gives an explanation that everybody's feeling the same exact way. Just like, fuck all of this. Like, I don't get the vaccine part. He doesn't really get an excuse for that, except for like, he did have a bad reaction. So, I mean, it's easy to be upset about that. Like, oh, you made me get this thing. And now, uh, but, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, he's at least around and alive to see his credibility, what little credibility he had left go down the toilet. That sucks, because I, I actually liked him. I respect him as a musician. I mean, he has a couple of songs oh, yeah. I like, but I just I think he's overrated. Um, oh, yeah, he and, is. And, you know, with all due respect to my father, I, I, Cream was overrated. My father loves Cream. I think my father, my father's a very talented musician. And he got into music because of Cream, because he was, he was a teenager when... when you know cream came around and like right when clapton's career was beginning but god damn i just i can't i there there's like i can only think of one clapton song that i like and that's it and it's called uh i think it's called motherless child uh there's an early called motherless children it's not that one he didn't want in the 90s called motherless child and um it was in the film twister so that's probably why i like it. of course <laughs> uh that's Classic. the only one i can stand yeah I think um, I give him credit for my first mental breakdown at like six because he's the person who made me aware that we don't live forever. Like, do you did you have that moment when you were like growing up when you realized like, oh, death is the thing? Um, yeah. Oh, you know what triggered it for me? Uh, actually. And I thought about this yesterday because I was at uh, I was grocery shopping and I was looking at dog toys, and uh, they had what a time to think of death. <laughs> I, I know, and I see if I can. I don't know if I can pull this up. Can you see? Uh, hold on. Can you see Cooper? Yeah, <laughs> passed out. Oh, it's adorable. Speaking speaking of death and and dogs, so I'm looking at um. I met the uh, supermarket yesterday, and you know they have a very limited selection of dog toys, but they had lamb chop. Like remember the show, lamb really? chops play along. Oh yeah, uh, they had that. Uh, they they actually had like the 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 puppet, the puppet. Um, as a, as like a dog toy, and I considered buying one. It was, just, it was, it was uh, too small for Cooper, um, but I considered buying one. That made me think about back to like I think my first couple instances where I learned about the concept of death was both. Uh, Sherry from Lamb Chops when she died and then Bob Ross because they both passed away around the same time and I was like I was very little I was like three or four years old when they both died but I had no concept of death until um, you know 
episodes of both of their respective shows stopped airing and asking like my mother, I'm like, Where, where's Lamb? Where, where's Lamb Chops? Where's Bob Ross? Where's the, where's the guy with the funny hair that paints pictures? And learning that they passed away, they they are no longer. So, it was his song. I think it's called Tears in Heaven. Oh yeah, it's because it's in his kid fall out a window or something. His kid fall out of a window or like a balcony or something like that. And yeah. he wrote it about him. I didn't know that when I was, you know, at the time when I heard it, but I just remember thinking like, I took the lyrics way different. Like, would it be the same if I saw you in heaven? Like, I was like, wait a second. And then my mind just kept digging. Like, what is heaven? Like, is are they the real people or are they just in your mind? Like, how do I know if they're real? You know, I just like went like crazy and I started like crying and I had no idea. I like went to my dad. I was like, what happens when we die? He's like, that's not, what do you mean? That's it. <laughs> Cause he's a scientist. You could wake up tomorrow dead, son. Well, yep. Good night. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think losing a child can definitely screw you up. I mean, I, Absolutely. I, I, if, if you're a parent, you lose a child, no matter what their age is, uh, that, that's going to fuck you up to some degree. Like I got a, a friend of my father's that I, I saw when I was out West a few months ago, his, his, and you know, I grew up with his kid and his kid died. I think at uh, 30 cancer, the poor guy you can tell is struggling, like mentally struggling. Um, yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if part of Clapton's whole thing is partially fueled by that, you know, despite it being almost 30 years ago now, um, you know, that's got to have an effect and it's got to affect you mentally. And, um, you know, I'm not an expert on that. I'm not saying that as a licensed medical professional because I'm not. It doesn't give him a pass either. It's not like saying like, oh, what he's doing is good. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Still still shitty and still makes him pretty shitty. And yeah. Well, we got uh, quite a bit coming up on the old program today. We'll talk about Spencer Eldon. He is the naked baby from the cover of Nirvana's Nevermind. And he is suing the band for child exploitation, child pornography. And we also have our favorite segment and your favorite segment, How Fucking Dumb Are You? Boy, do we have a lot in that one to go over and just a lot in general to talk about on this episode of Harley Focus. So we will see you on the other side. Stick around. You are listening to Hardly Focus. Uh, on the topic of maniacal uh, individuals. <laughs> Dude, you sounded like Sweet Tooth from Twisted Metal. <laughs> Hear more at hardlyfocus.com. Don't try to ever do that again because that was like a spontaneous <laughs> thing that was just perfect the way it happened. Hardly Focused is available to enjoy on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. You hear me say that at the beginning of every podcast. Well, we made it super easy for you to follow the show. Find the best option for you at hardlyfocus.com slash subscribe. This podcast contains explicit content. You are listening to Hardly Focus. Let's begin the show by starting it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Hardly Focus. Jack Ill, Nate Fillers. 
Uh, I don't know why I took a bite of donut before. I cracked <laughs> I was them like. Hi, I'm a professional. You can find our fine podcast. Po- po- find Pokemon. our fine podcast. At, I should just start the whole recording over. HarleyFocus.com uh, and uh, your favorite podcast app and on YouTube at HarleyFocus.com slash YouTube. Nate, how, save. how are you doing? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Yeah, they got the... Uh, I think this is supposed to be the Halloween donut from Dunkin' Donuts. Because it's, but that's okay. Cool, well, they put, they put the sprinkles on it, but they're the black sprinkles because they're spooky. Ooh. Yeah, it's August. It's still technically August. It's still well, technically yeah. summer. We are we are nowhere near Halloween. Yeah, I've also heard that like this warm weather is gonna stay for a little bit, possibly. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Because that old climate crisis. Yeah, fucking recycle, everyone. That's how you get this. That, that's how you get people's attention about it. you. Call it the climate crisis. Don't call it climate change. Call it climate crisis because it's, uh, it's literally a crisis. Call it. We have seven years left. Yeah. Uh, it is the 29th of August on this day in 1997. The world ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judgment Day happened. Uh, Skynet became self-aware and launched a nuclear attack that killed billions and billions and millions of people. And those who survived called it Judgment Day, fought the war against the machines. The resistance led by John Connor smashed the grid, took down Skynet. You never hear about that part, though. That was supposed to be the beginning of Terminator 2 was... The, the human resistance actually defeating Skynet, but they, uh, uh, it was too expensive to film and uh, the technology, CGI, was not yet uh, sufficient enough to film that scene. But it yeah. exists in it's the. It's still good. Oh, yeah. You know, that opening scene is like one of the best of any, any film. We were talking about up during the warm up segment, how that's just depressing. Um, Terminator 2, yeah, I mean, it's depressing because it's showing the, you know, the world after a nuclear war happened, but it's also, like, incredibly badass. Yeah, and educational. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, exactly what's going to happen. Now, now I, I choose not to regard uh, any of the Terminator films that followed, too, with the minor exception of Dark Fate, because I was one of the few that actually liked it. But Genesis actually shows what they tried to do with Terminator 2, but couldn't film beginning of the film actually shows them defeat skynet it shows everything that was included in the original draft and the novelization of terminator 2 uh, unfortunately it was just featured and it was filmed and featured in genesis which is just like the film equivalent of dysentery yeah i heard it was bad and didn't see it oh, it's so bad it is it's just so bad the only redeeming part is arnold schwarzenegger because he's he's like adorable old man in that one, just like a dark fate too. Yeah, he's he's the savior of the films. Yeah. So anyway, something else that came out in 1991 was uh, an album called Nevermind by a band called Nirvana. Yes, changed. Uh, the, you might have heard of it. Yeah. Sometimes they play songs from that album and that band on the radio, but the um. Musical landscape changed because of Nirvana. I mean, grunge had been a thing that sort of emerged from the metal scene in the 80s, uh, but it didn't really take off. It didn't really become commercialized until Nirvana came around. And then 
just kind of like how metal, you know, when like Metallica took off and then you had the big four of metal. You had sort of mm-hmm, the yep. big four of grunge, Nirvana, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam. And, uh, you know, Nirvana's time was cut short due to Kurt Cobain's passing in 94, but obviously their legacy lives on and we've played on this show many times audio of Nirvana's reunions when John McCauley from Deer Tech fronts the band. Yeah. And if anyone's, I would say the two contenders for a Nirvana reunion, like an actual, like, not just a one-off performance at, you know, something Dave Grohl's doing, like Cal Jam, but uh, like an actual proper Nirvana reunion tour, I would say John McCauley and Jay Maskus from Dinosaur Jr., did you hear the puddle of mud cover? Uh, I try to distance myself from puddle of mud because it's puddle of mud. Oh my god! Yeah, is hold it, on. Oh, it, oh my god! Is it like oh my god, good or oh my god, bad? All right, so I'm gonna look up a video and I'm gonna send it to you. It's a little bit of like um. Like every time they do something kind of video, you know, like they slow it down or something like that. But holy shit, you need to see it because like this is life changing. Okay. Like, um, send it to me and I'll see if I can try to fit it in later on in the, uh, yeah, the segment. Yeah. Yeah. Here. I mean, well, I bring up Nirvana while Nate looks for sorry. this. I bring well, up, I just hardly focused. We're, we're hardly focused all the time. So, yeah. Um, it, it fits, but I just figured I just had to do that because it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I bring up Nirvana because Spencer Eldon is the baby who's on the cover of uh, Nevermind. He was, uh, I think he was just months old in that shot. So now, I, you know, he's 30 or around the age of 30. And if you've never seen it before, I don't know how, but his wee-wee is prominently featured. Uh, in most retail stores, they usually put a sticker over it to cover it up because, oh, my God, it's a human appendage. But uh, Not in this day of age. Because it's a, you know, it's a naked baby swimming underwater, underwater chasing a dollar on a, on, a, on a fish hook. Well, this kid, Spencer, has pretty much rode on that coattail his entire life. Uh, he has recreated the photo many times. Teenage years, all throughout uh, the bathing adulthood. suit on. With a bathing suit on, yes. Uh, he he has purportedly bragged about his fame to anyone who will listen uh, on Reddit. People were talking about how they went to high school with this kid, and he would just use that as a way to get girls and... Pretty much, hey, I'm Spencer Eldon. Yeah, I was on the cover of Nevermind by Nirvana. Like... Like you wouldn't know that otherwise, because he does not yeah. look the same now as he did when he was a baby. Because he was like he was like a like literally, you know, babies when they pop out of the mother's ass. Being facetious, by the way, I I, I, I say that Wait, all what? the time. I say that all the time. Like, oh, you fell out of your mother's ass, and one day Ack got like really worked up because he seriously thought that I was being serious. That you thought that that's what, how it happened. Yeah. Classic. Yeah, and uh, we had to have a conversation. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! 
uh, I, we had to have a conversation. I'm like, dude, I'm kidding. Wow. It's me. I'm kidding. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he didn't. He, babies don't look like from day one. Do not look the same as they do, you know, when you're 30 years old. So how the hell are you going to know? That kid would have to like literally walk up to someone and say, I was the baby on the uh, cover of Nevermind by Nirvana. And you'd have to take their word for it, I guess. But uh, yeah, now, despite having pretty much spent his whole life uh, using that as his claim to fame, um, gloating about it, recreating photo shoots, he has decided that uh, he is against now the fact that this happened. And he's now suing the band for uh, damages, uh, claiming child pornography and uh, child exploitation. Who owns the the estate? Is it still Courtney or is it somebody else? That's a good question. I I, I want to say Courtney because I don't Cause think if it. Yeah, I don't think it's Francis. So. Yeah, because if it is Courtney, then I'm. It kind of changes my opinion on this lawsuit. Well, it's, it, I don't I think it's, want. I don't think it's Francis Bean. I don't think she has okay. any. If she does, I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not that versed in. Um, I'm not that versed in, in that front. But I know, like when it came down to the the music, they, you know, Courtney and Dave Grohl and Chris Novoselic were at odds over what they could do with the music. Yeah. Um. But I think they resolved that. The the thing about it, too, is that this kid is suing the band. He should be suing his parents. Yeah. And they I only mean, they only uh, got yeah. They only got something like two hundred and fifty dollars for the for the photo. Even though like they're you know, Nevermind is considered like one of the greatest and highest selling albums of all time. And yet, yeah, they they literally got a couple couple hundred dollars for uh, for the photo shoot. So, a bunch of articles, a bunch of you know news coming out about this. Uh, Consequence.net, formerly Consequence of Sound, had a really good write up about uh, what lawyers are saying about the case. And an article titled "Legal Experts Call Nirvana Nevermind Baby Child Porn Lawsuit Quote Frivolous" as more details emerge, uh, according to Jamie White, who has represented. Clients victimized by priests, Boy Scout leaders, and former U.S. gymnastics team doctor Larry Nassar. He says, I've never seen a more offensive, frivolous lawsuit in the history of my career. Not only do I think this lawsuit will hold water, I think the attorneys will be scrutinized for even filing this thing. The idea that the Nirvana album is for the purpose of gratification sexually is just such a ridiculous outrage. This is a money grab, and I would look to—I would look for a court to dismiss it because it's frivolous and it really is offensive to what we've all been doing in trying to protect children from the harm they are alleging here. Couldn't have said it better. Yeah, uh, I think honestly, and this is like this is extreme, but I think the kid—he's got to have a—he's got to have a drug habit. I keep calling him a kid. He's like thirty years old. He's my age. Yeah, he's got to have a drug habit. He, he's got to be in debt. He's got to be hurting for money and is using this as a way to try to get money. I can't, I honestly have tried to see the other side. Like, oh, you know, like 
maybe people are giving him a hard time and he suffered like a lot of ridicule and you know like embarrassment but like fucking everyone on this planet has and it's really hard to see it any other way than it's just him trying to get money i mean i'm it's it's definitely a fodder for harassment like if he was ever getting bullied like people go everyone's seen your baby dick yeah yeah because he was a baby kids aren't kids aren't born fully clothed like they're typically even though there's there's a you know degree of modesty that people want to you know uh have up for their kids people generally don't care if there's like a naked baby around no like they might say something but if like if if a like a legit baby is naked then who gives a shit yeah it's 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 this whole thing is weird yeah and yeah well this article is weird this article goes on and says filed via the california federal court eldon's suit seeks monetary damages from 15 defendants including universal music group photographer kurt weddle the estate of the late kurt cobain his wife courtney love drummer dave Grohl, bassist chris novoselic and former drummer chad channing that's a name i haven't heard in a while uh, eldon is also demanding the album cover be changed for all future releases yeah uh chad channing uh you know played on bleach Nirvana's first album and his contributions to Nevermind if I remember correctly are the symbol hits on the track Polly yeah that's it because that's that's the only uh, percussion on that track and I think they also recorded it when he was still in the band so uh you know if you're gonna sue Chad I mean is he just like looking at the liner notes and just like suing anyone who's credited on there because if you're gonna sue Nirvana like Sue uh, Dan Peters, Sue Dale Crover, and, uh, you know, all the other drummers who were in the band. Sue Jason Everman. I'm trying to remember the drum parts for some songs because I remember Dave talked about, like, how the tom work in one of the songs was all him. And, uh, yeah, good, good, good radio content. Well, there's some, uh, there's demos from... Never mind that feature Chad Channing, like in Bloom. They recorded it in Bloom before. I think that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Because that's the one like, do, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sounds pretty like what Dave did. He was just, you know, doing what Chad originally recorded. So there really isn't too much of a difference between the Chad version and the Dave Grohl version. Just Dave obviously putting his little spin on it and just beating the shit out of his drums as he does, but yeah. yeah. So it, it's bizarre that Chad Channing's getting called out on this one too. But uh, yeah, this is why this is why I seriously think this is just a it's a cash grab. It's uh, Spencer Eldon needing money to fuel a drug habit or pay back debts. It's bizarre. It's it's like why why be okay with this throughout your entire life? Only to finally decide one day, hey, you know what? I'm not okay with this. Like, like granted, people are like, oh, he couldn't provide consent because he was only a few months old. Okay. I mean, valid. So go to your parents. Sue your parents. Bring it up with your parents for allowing this. 
Yeah. Do you have you seen any like memes about it? No, I haven't. There's one great one. I can't remember the album. I was just trying to look it up. But Corn has an album where um it features a little girl on a swing set and uh the a- caption says little girl from Corn's album cover suing the band for fear of playgrounds. <laughs> pretty good okay i've seen i i've seen a couple of these now like i've seen like pink floyd and um i'm blanking on some of the other ones here but i have seen some you know some parodies of this now in all seriousness why why don't we let's look at the album cover of balance by van halen which has um it now it's it's i think this was like early photoshop or where whatever however you want to look at it but it's uh siamese twins two two Little girls conjoined at the hip, sitting naked but obscured on a swing set, I believe, uh, or a, a teeter totter, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then uh, I think the Japanese release just features one of them, but still, like technically they're naked. You don't see them trying to file a lawsuit unless they have, and I'm just uh, blanking will. on it. But you don't you don't hear about them suing uh, the the little girls from. Siamese Dream, Smashing Pumpkins. Like Billy Corgan has claimed that like he keeps in touch with them, um, but they're not like suing for child exploitation. Yeah, it's it's just bizarre, man. It's, it is it, a weird case. It for may, sure. and it, I I hope it gets thrown out like right away. Unless, of course, like I'm saying, this is Courtney's money, and like it's like that's what you get for killing <laughs> Cobain. Do you think that she killed Kurt? So it's very, it's very challenging for me because I actually read um, Heavier Than Heaven, which is like the biography of Kurt Cobain. Um, he was the perfect candidate for, for this sort of thing to happen because like he had so many like problems. Like he was the perfect candidate because like everybody, if he, you know, if somebody did that to him, no one would believe that he was murdered. Because, like, everything that he did looked like it was the end for him. Because Nirvana actually was broken up when he did it. Yeah. And I had would have to imagine, like, a rock star like him who had been chasing success and then got it an, an overwhelmingly amount of success thrown his way. And then for it to blow up in his face, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not really into conspiracy theories of like, you know, like, oh, the private eye that was hired also died and all this weird stuff. Like, I just, I just want to, like, I, I read his book and I was like, "Mm, I I, definitely killed himself. Yeah, I, I I think he killed himself because, you know, everyone thinks Courtney did it, that Courtney murdered him. And Courtney was not that smart. Have you ever seen her? Have you ever listened to an interview with her? Like she's just she's she's a space cadet. Well, she could hire somebody. That was the idea. I mean, yeah, she, she hired somebody to do it. But. And and knowing her, like she's gonna look in like the the yellow pages of contract killers, and she's gonna go with like the the you know most affordable one who's gonna fuck up and like accidentally kill themselves. Yeah, like the gun I in the wrong direction. It. Yeah, I believe. Well, Kurt. that was. I, be- that I was actually believe her killed himself. That was one of the things that people said, though, that was a little bit 
confusing is that he was on like way too much heroin to to be able to lift a gun so that's one of the evidence against the that's one of the conspiracy theories is like he took so much that he shouldn't he should have been dead instantly like that's how much he took did they find like that much in his system when they yeah okay i don't know i'm still i'm still of the mind that he killed him i mean i i'm i'm agreeing like i I I don't, but there's also me that thinks like, well, it could have very well happened because it's just, he's the perfect candidate for it. Like if you, if you read his journal and you followed his life, like he was very twisted and very dark. Yeah. And he like it by reading his biography, I would think like this can only, well, of course, it can only end one way, but it, you just know that it's not going to be a happy ending. Right. So he he'd be gone even if it didn't happen. I'm I'm sure of it. Uh, from this consequence on that article, uh, some uh, a quote from Spencer Eldon's lawyer, who's actually you know who's defending the case here, says. Uh, the article says, on the other hand, Eldon's lawyer, James Marsh, vehemently disagreed with those in favor of tossing out the case, telling the New York Post that the backlash to the suit was due to, quote, idol worship of Nirvana and Cobain. Which is, uh, Marsh says, this is something that happened without his consent long before he was in a position of giving consent. This is also an album that was very controversial from the first day. The reality is a court will decide whether or not this is child pornography. A jury will be called to decide whether or not this qualifies as child exploitation, and those are factual issues. Two things about that. One, again, sue the parents. Don't sue the band. And two, this isn't going to make it to court. It's not going to make it to a jury. It's bogus. It's, it's yeah. going to get thrown out, and even if this kid had like any credibility to his name, if he, um, you know, if... if photographers were coming to him saying, Hey, I want to recreate the, um, I, I want to recreate the photo shoot. I want to do this. I want to do that. They're not going to do it now. He, he yep. could have just rode this and continued to, you know, make money here and there and been fine. Now he, he's just shooting himself in the foot now. Yeah. If, if this actually goes to trial, it's just going to be a, I, I agree with what the, um, that first lawyer said, it's really just going to be a black mark against people who are actual victims and who are actually have like legitimate reasons for fighting this sort of thing. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's fucking disgusting, man. Like those types of cases that take away light from the real, the real stuff. It's, it's just not right. Like what was his name? The like Jesse Abbott or whatever the fuck. That, that actor whatever who was like oh i got somebody put a noose on me the, the, oh oh small it oh small it like sorry jesse, i don't jesse smollett name jesse's yeah. mullet yeah jesse's mullet. <laughs> yeah yeah it's that sort of thing it, it like takes away so much and like the accusations all the time that are false take away the ones that are real and then you get a scenario like did it happen or didn't it no, and in, that sucks. In his case, too, and there's overwhelming evidence that proved that he was bullshitting and nothing actually happened to him. Oh, so, of course. Yeah. Like, 
it and why now right yeah why like, why happen yeah why why is this kid all of a sudden just decide you know uh unless like he, i don't or i guess unless is not the right word what? but you know, there's always sort of that, I don't know if it's like Stockholm Syndrome or sort of like people thinking it's okay, you know, their whole life, yeah. accepting it as it being okay and then realizing one day, hey, you know what, none of this was okay. None of this was ever okay. But again, don't take it out on the band. Yeah. I think and he did. It's very possible that that could be the case too, by the way, he, when he, you just get a different perspective of something yeah he did an interview eldon did an interview with gq australia i want to say and he did this interview years ago like five years ago but he was bitching and complaining because he wanted um i think he either wanted the like the original photographer because because the, the, the guy's an artist now uh spencer eldon and he he had like a like a gallery that was opening and he either wanted the original artist to, to be in attendance or he wanted like the band members to be in attendance and like no one returned his calls and he was really upset about that. But he also like, it sounded like he was like reaching out to the wrong people to facilitate this. Yeah. He's, he was bitching about how he wasn't hearing back from those individuals, but it sounds like he was reaching out to them directly and like, what Hey, you pro- hell? I, I wrote Dave Grohl at Gmail and didn't get a reply. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it sounds like he didn't have like established relationships with any of these people, maybe the photographer, but not, not enough to get them to want to, uh, you know, look at him in such a light that like, Hey, it'd be a really big deal if the surviving members of Nirvana attend nevermind baby's art gallery opening. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I'm standing firm in my belief that the kid's got like a drug habit or he's in debt to someone and he's now just using this as a vehicle to get money. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see, I guess. Uh, he would be a great contender for our next segment. How fucking dumb are you? That's true. <laughs> well, uh, we will come back with that. So, uh do. Or the puddle of mud thing. Or the puddle. You know what? Why, why not, why not, hold why on. Not. Hold on. I actually got it uh, queued here. So let's <laughs> let's pull this up Wait, and actually see if it's. Before you uh, scroll away. Before you scroll away. What are you going to find out on this advertisement today? There shouldn't be a fucking advertisement. I got ad block on here. You mean YouTube <laughs> premium. Just cut and paste that. I got YouTube premium. Uh, why we? Hold on. Do-do-do-do-do-do. I can't wait to hear your reaction. It's going to be good. Let's cue this up here. Okay, here we go. Uh, what is it? Puddle of Muds cover. Puddle of Muds Nirvana cover, but every high note is at half speed. Okay, here we go. Hang me out to try 
Oh dear! <laughs> yeah, thank you. Honestly, that was, it's, it's that was worth the wait. Down. Sweet. Yeah. Obviously, it's slowed down, but like the original speed is oh, rough. Yeah. It, you, your, my throat hurts just hearing it. He, uh, you know, uh, Wes Scantlin is that his name? He'd be. I don't know. He'd be like a contender as a you know front man for a Nirvana reunion. If he wasn't such a piece of shit, like any anyone who was in that video, it was like a hired gun for Puddle and Mud for like that that tour because that's what happens. He he like every time they go on tour, Wes has to hire a whole new band because he he's his antics and him having to end shows early or getting arrested or or just not showing up for concerts that like his touring band always just they all end up leaving they all end up quitting uh the guy from the ataris is also really bad about that too happens yeah so uh well thank you for <laughs> thank you for showing that again wow. it, it, it gets a it gets a cuz that is uh, uh pretty much a accurate uh, description of Puddle of Mud's career. Blurry was a good song. Uh, she Hates Me was a, a good song. That first album, or, or that album that has those songs on it, it was good. Yeah. And then Puddle of Mud just continues to exist. And actual Puddles of Mud are fine. Right. Yeah, I'd, ra- I'd rather listen to an actual Puddle of Mud. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you, you know you're jumping them. You know you're badass when you're, you, you have to put two Ds in mud. Mm, yeah. Right. Definitely. All right, we will return with How Fucking Dumb Are You? Stick around. Can we sing this morning that wonderful and grand old message? You are listening to Hardly Focused. What are you buying? Check out the Hardly Focused web store for things you can wear and things you can stick on stop signs. What are you selling? We carry shirts, face masks, and stickers, all bearing the logo of our fine program. Get your Hardly Focused gear today at hardlyfocused.com slash store. <laughs> Thank you. This podcast contains explicit content. You are listening to Hardly Focused. I could say something pretty inappropriate right now. Well, thank you for listening to Hardly Focused with Jack Gill and Nate Fillers. You can find us at HardlyFocused.com, on your favorite podcast app, and on YouTube at HardlyFocused.com slash YouTube. I don't know why my voice got really high just now. You wanted to. You wanted to. <laughs> uh, I, I, Nate, I said to, this to you just before we started recording again that I just do not like the sound of uh, cans opening, like because I just opened up a can of Red Bull, and they just... I hate like ads, radio ads and television ads that feature like the sound of like it, it's usually beer ads, but it's like the sound of the can opening and then like the sound of it being poured into a glass. Yeah. Followed by the bubbles. It, it's like irrational anger. I don't know why I don't like it, but I just don't. <laughs> I hate it in the movie theaters when like they try to get me to buy a Coke like two seconds before the movie's about to start. It's like, what, what was your plan here, guys? 
Like the movie is literally about to start. Like what is, is this for to make people who actually got it feel great about their purchase? Is this like to destroy cognitive dissonance? Cause it just makes me mad. I'm like, what if I wanted one now? Now the fucking whole movie's ruined. Cause I'm just going to be like, I'm thirsty. Now the only theater near me is a showcase cinema. So I don't know if this is like the same for, like Regal Cinemas or the other one of the other like big conglomerates is around and any of them that survived the pandemic that is but I've noticed they've gotten a lot less obnoxious with their yeah. pre-film uh you know ads and whatnot like showing the you know the coke ad and the popcorn ad and all that and the um the you know the guy talking on the phone and didn't the dude like using his phone to film whatever's yeah. on screen? Like I, they've been showing that one for about ten years now, and it's it's less obnoxious, it's less cringy. You know, they don't do the roller coaster with all of the you know advertisements rolling around. I hated that. Yeah, I really hope they still keep the. You wouldn't download a car, would you? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I fucking love that one. Yeah, yeah. The movies have gotten, oh, um, I don't know, a little more tolerable despite their prices being pretty exorbitant now. Uh, a lot of preview. I mean, previews can be both a good or a bad thing, but sometimes, man, I don't want to sit through twenty minutes of previews. I, I, I don't like previews. I find them like. Because whenever I go to the movie and like, especially if it's like a comedy or something like that. And like the funny part, like was in the preview. I'm like, why are you laughing? Like you already know that was going to happen. I think there's been at least some recognition in the last few years that trailers do in fact give a lot away. And they have cut back on that. Like the new Spider-Man trailer, the, the No Way Home trailer. I feel like it showed a lot, but it really didn't because we all know who's going to show up in that film, that it's it's really going to... Because the whole thing about like the MCU now is the multiverse. Yeah. And we all know that this is really going to show, you know, the multiverse and, you know, an effect of Doctor Strange doing something for Peter Parker... Uh, that has you know a really significant impact on on the world, not just Peter. So we know who's going to show up, or we have an idea of who's going to show up, but the trailer doesn't show that. The trailer really just only shows like shows you just enough to know what the movie is going to be about. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. I haven't seen it yet because I was afraid of the very thing we are talking about. Is that it was just going to give too much away? It, it gives you. I mean, I mean, it. it you'd have to. The thing with the MCU as well is you need to you're get it's getting to the point now where for things like Spider-Man you had to have seen like the last Spider-Man movie you need to have watched Loki to understand what's going on with the multiverse like there's a lot of required watching leading up to this uh, else yeah. you're just going to go into it like clueless and not knowing what's going on but it really just explains like the trailer really just explains what the overall premise of the film is going to be and gives you an idea of 
what to expect and why because we all know who's showing up we all know it's it's all like from the the different spider-man movies that weren't part of the mcu like okay how are the how are all these characters going to show up those are supposed to be different universes well the trailer explains that but the trailer doesn't the trailer shows one previous character from you know the the sam raimi films but otherwise uh we we are only left to what's been confirmed and what is a rumor so um Oh, and don't, isn't Marvel known for like putting fake stuff in to like throw people for a loop? I've heard that, but I've never really seen any proof. I've, I've heard yeah. people talk about it. I don't, I, I mean, I, I will watch the trailers for all these films multiple times and really analyze them before the, the final thing comes out. And usually okay, what so you, you're the one to ask. <laughs> so it's not real. Usually what you see in the wrong? trailers is what shows up in the films. But the, it was on the internet. It can't be. It has to be true. Yeah, I do like that Marvel is now doing, you know, they started doing it with, I think, the Civil War trailer where they have the post credit scene in the trailer. So, like, the, oh, yeah. you know, you think the trailer's over and then they show one more scene. And cause I remember that. With Civil War, it was showing Spider-Man for the first time in the MCU. That was a that was a really big deal. Yeah. I remember sitting in the kitchen of my house. Before it was my house, when we did the, you know, the walkthrough uh, and sitting in, you know, sitting on someone else's furniture and what is now my house, watching the trailer for that film and getting really excited and then Kate getting mad at me because I like wasn't paying attention. Like we aren't doing it. We're literally just sitting here. Yeah. Like we're sitting yeah. here in silence. Like I'm, I'm, I'm doing something to pass the time. So uh, anyway. Our flagship segment here on Hardly Focused. How fucking dumb are you? Hardly Focused presents. <laughs> Do you finger your own asshole just to smell your own shit? Like, I don't get it. How fucking dumb are you? Uh, Nate, I will let you pick. We have three that we could potentially cover in, in this segment. Uh, we could either do uh, TikTok, we can go to Texas, or Zambia. Uh, let's start off with uh, the, the dewormer. Okay, sure. So, if you didn't know, there's this uh, horrific virus that is spread around the world that we've been fighting for the past... Forever. Yeah, year and a half now. <laughs> Feels like forever. And there are people who choose not to take it seriously even though there is a vaccine, several very different vaccines now that are free and proven effective. Uh, there are people who would rather pretend they don't exist. And write songs. Write songs, yes. Uh, or look to alternative methods of protecting themselves or curing themselves, which if that is the route you want to take and you think it works then uh you know god love you god protect I, I, you i guess it's so weird that people would be like well the government doesn't recommend this and the health organizations say this is bad so it must be good i mean this this takes me back to a time that i was definitely alive for <laughs> the the 18th century the 19th century the you know the the early 20th century where uh you know that you know, there there were some vaccines but they weren't like you know what 
modern medicine is now obviously didn't exist back then. So in order to cure what ails you, you had snake oil salesmen. You had people that would just conjure up things in, in, uh, you know, vials, you know, made of different plants and oils and, you know, fecal matter, (laughs) all these different things that, uh, weren't proven to actually do anything. Um, this is a great example of what uh you know those 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 snake oil salesmen were trying to push and what they would claim their products actually did. Do you suffer from rheumatism, lumbago, acute chronic sciatic, uh, uh, neurologic or inflammatory pain? Well, I represent the only company that makes the genuine article that cures headaches, neuralgia, uh, earache, toothaches, backache, swelling, sprains, sore chests, swelling of the throats, contracted cords and muscles, anxieties and ravaged nerves, stiff joints, wrenches, dislocations, cuts and bruises, and it adds vitality and vigor to the healthy man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know what that's from uh is it from red redemption yes yes red dead redemption Sweet. the first one the first one nigel, i just guess nigel west dickens who is a con man <laughs> give me so many points for that because I, yeah. I don't know anything about that game except there's that rootin tootin cowboy shooting yep. or as i like to call it grand theft horse <laughs> that's good that's a good name for it. Should have called it that. <laughs> Should have called it that. Considering I didn't even get the name right. I would have gotten the name right if, I, if it was Grand Theft Auto Horse. It's, it's Grand Theft Auto, but with horses. It's literally Grand Theft Auto. It's like the same exact game. Both, both, Red, De- both Red Dead Redemption games. Not Red Dead Revolver. Red Dead Revolver is, you know, it's the first game of that series, but it wasn't, uh, you know, it was developed by Capcom. It was a completely different game. Once it became uh, a Rockstar property, then it got the Rockstar treatment. True. I bet the reason why they couldn't call it that is because it would be abbreviated uh, GTH, which people would probably think it was just another Guitar Hero. Uh, it, yeah, Red Dead Redemption came out around the time that we were like really starting to get into, uh, you know, having multiple Guitar Hero games come out every year. You know, yeah. b- before it became you know Call of Duty, before Activision was focusing on Call of Duty, it was uh, you know at least three Guitar Hero entries a year on different platforms. Or variants. You had DJ Hero, you had Band Hero. Yeah, I remember that. So many different ones. I'm disappointed because they did like the band specific guitar heroes. And they did like Van Halen, which was a fucking swing and a miss. Because uh, they they, they, there were so many opportunities they could have gone with. And they didn't make the drum kit big enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think they did a Metallica one. They did. Uh, and then ACDC uh, that they had a red hot chili peppers one that was in the pipes and uh, we didn't get it, which is disappointing. I would have loved yeah. that chili peppers uh, um, guitar hero game. Cause as long as they didn't like pull a Van Halen and, and only stick to, you know, a, a one lineup and one era of songs, there was so much you could have done with a chili peppers guitar hero. Yeah, I mean, the bass would have actually been fun to play. Oh yeah. Oh, without a doubt. But you would have had the Frusciante era. You would have had the, Dave Navarro era, the little Slovak era. There's so many different guitarists you could have ran through. With Metallica, they took the bass pretty much completely out of one of their albums. So, was that uh, Saint Anger? No, fuck. I'm 
St. Anger with one. Oh, okay. Um, St. Anger had Bob Rock playing bass on it, so because they yeah, were they were between bassists when they recorded it. So uh, I can't believe I can't remember the name of it. Um, it's not the Black Album, is it? I don't. I my Metallica right. knowledge is is limited. So yeah, I know too. like Injustice for All, and then the Black Album. Injustice for All is is it? Okay. And then like Saint so, Anger, and then like the more recent albums, because that's when I really started, like really getting and actually paying attention to them. So, uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So people who choose not to get the COVID vaccine and uh, also choose to believe that COVID isn't really a, a serious thing, uh, of course, the the two big proponents or the two big offenders right now. I mean, you got some states in the Midwest like. Mississippi and like Missouri, but it's largely Texas and Florida. That's because their governors, their respective governors, are just imbeciles and are pretty much trying to get their respective the populations of their respective states pretty much obliterated. Doesn't make sense because the people who vote for them are the are the ones that are doing the death. Yeah, right. <laughs> Like, I don't want more voters next time. I know we've talked about this before, but like Greg Abbott from Texas getting COVID despite being fully vaccinated and in getting the antibodies treatment, which is like really expensive and only, you know, the rich can get it because they can afford it. And uh, then also pushing forward to his state, you know, no mask mandates. Um you know, they opened up before everyone else did just and then now their ICUs are overwhelmed and I don't know what the problem is. I, I feel and I know this is really pushing it and very controversial, but I really feel like people who don't get vaccinated should be forced to work like at least one day in the, in the ER. Yeah, that'd be a good punishment. Right. I mean, it's not even as a punishment, but like as like a learning opportunity i'd say a punishment because these these folks aren't going to willingly do it oh well yeah they would have to be (laughs) forced to do it yeah that's true how about if you're like uh if you're a criminal offender and it also just turns out that you're not vaccinated you know if they do some research research and find out that you're you know anti-vax and a covid denier then rather like your community service is you have to work at a hospital like volunteer at a hospital in the er and see firsthand just how bad it is they're just getting completely overworked. Oh, yeah. I feel horrible for them. And every time I think, like, yeah, of course, there are some rare occasions where people can't get vaccinated because of health reasons. That's fine. But like I often say on this, it's probably 95% of the people who complain about the vaccine can get it. Yeah. They just don't want to. Yep. Hey, I want, I, I think I said it earlier, but I went to a wedding. I mentioned the wedding. I don't think I mentioned this, but I went to a wedding last weekend and uh, nobody got sick. Nobody, no one got COVID. Knock on wood. There wasn't any. Uh, well, yeah, but it's, it's been about, I mean, it, you know, I think at this point we would know, right? Well, I mean, they think they can still get it. One of my favorite things when I got tested was like, you got a negative. This doesn't mean that sometime in the future you can't get COVID. I was like, no shit. Right. <laughs> this isn't like a forever, like, you're never going to get it. Thanks, test. I also, because I've heard about this too. And again, take this one of the grain of salt, but like those tests with false positives, mm-hmm. right? Like, like I could tell you that you, you've tested positive, but 
you know, is it is it is it true? Did, did you actually test positive? Are we just going? Are we just going to go take this one test and and have it confirmed? And now I'm sounding like a now I'm sounding like a denier, like a conspiracy theorist. But like you got to be cognizant of those false positives, right? Like don't. Yeah, I mean it's complicated. Yeah, is it is it is it okay to take a second test just to be absolutely sure before you hit the panic button? And I'm thinking about like bands that are on tour right now that have to cancel select dates because like one person in the band's camp tests positive. Yeah. Like, are you sure they tested positive or the test? Did you just get a defective test? Like it's women do the same thing with pregnancy tests. You know, they take a pregnancy test. Oh, you're, you're, you're pregnant. Okay. I'll take another test just to make sure. Absolutely sure that I'm pregnant. Okay. You know, I, I I hope no one sees an issue with taking multiple tests just to, you know, be 110% sure that you actually have it. So you can, I mean, take precautions, be safe about it, but yeah. Um, and that's the same thing with when you get a negative result. Doesn't mean you're you got a free pass to go over to grandma and grandpa and right. breathe all over them. <laughs> right, right. So. Uh, well, anyway, from uh, ksat.com, uh, Texans. By the way, I, I got into an, an argument with someone on on Reddit because I was quoting some bullshit I saw on Instagram. Some some guy whose like Instagram handle was something like "I'm a proud Texan," and he was just straight up saying like. I don't believe I don't believe in vaccines. I don't believe in wearing mask mandates and I don't believe in the scam demic. And like I told someone on Reddit because it was a post. It might have been like one of these posts about like Texas and just how they're just completely backwards now because of the Delta variants and everything. And saying like, look, I want to have like a positive perception of the people of Texas. But when I see things like this, it really ruins that perception. And I yeah. like I respect the argument that I got where uh, uh, this person saying, like, you realize how big Texas is. There's a lot of people in Texas. The majority of the population of Texas do not agree with, you know, what uh, uh, Greg Abbott is doing. And they don't agree with people like this. Yeah. It still doesn't change that Texas is just like backwards, period. Like <laughs> weird shit happens in Texas, just like it does in yeah. Florida. It also doesn't help that SpongeBob had an episode where they make fun of Sandy for being from Texas and how she's dumb as the squirrel. <laughs> Is that the one where like SpongeBob like changes his shape into the shape of Texas and he's like, "Hey Patrick, what am I?" And Patrick is like, "Oh, stupid." He's like, "No, I'm Texas. What's the difference?" <laughs> I, I, yep, I that's that one. I saw an unfortunate article about um, two black men who were arrested. On, on suspicions of shoplifting because they were trying, they went to Walmart and they were trying to return a defective television that they bought from that Walmart. They had the receipt in hand. All they did was walk in and, and uh, try to return it or exchange it for like a working one. Now problem is they bought a high sense TV, which there there's the problem. You bought a high sense TV, but um, they were uh, arrested and it was, it was just, a, it was a case of racial profiling. And I'm like, I, I was reading through, I was like skimming through the articles. I was like, looking at those details and I'm like, wait, where did this occur? Oh, 30 miles outside of Houston, Texas. Okay. That explains it. That would happen in Texas. I'm so sick of it, man. And and I know I don't really have like a place to complain because I have, you know, I'm, I'm white and I have it easy. I'm fucking tired of people being racist. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, I just, it's like, it's just like COVID It's something we're going to have to just, live with we don't want to live with it but we have to we don't want to have to adapt to it but we have to these things are going to pop up but at least now 
at least now when things like this happen, uh, there's, you know, it's it's not taken lightly, especially after last year, after George yeah. Floyd. You know, these things that are was, not taken lightly. That was the the silver lining, if you can say. Right. It's like people started fucking waking up and everybody started to realize like, yeah, I'm privileged. And I, I, I didn't know until that ha- all happened. I was like, holy shit, I'm very privileged. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so. anyway, uh, KSAT.com. Texans are calling poison control in record numbers after ingesting horse and cow dewormer. Yum. Invermectum. Inverm- in- Invermectin. I've been reading about this and hearing about this all week and I can't pronounce it. <laughs> in-, in your rectum. Ivermectin? I, can't, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it, it's something that you give to animals like horses, large, large animals. We're talking like thousand pound animals. Mm-hmm. You, you give these treatments to large animals and, yes. and it's, uh, misinformation being spread just like, uh, injecting bleach into your veins. Thanks, Trump. As a yeah. COVID treatment. Um, and also not to mention the fact that it, if it's a very powerful medication, you can't necessarily just cut it in half because some of those you can't, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Like some of them you can, but like a lot of them, it doesn't work like well, that. Well, knowing people from Texas, right? Like you cut that in half, like, oh, okay. So, uh, you know, treatment for a 500, a 500 pound animal, which is what I am. Mm-hmm. You get yep. it? Fat Texans. Math adds up. Thinking about mama from, uh, Gilbert Grape, God God rest her soul. But she was not a small woman by any means. There's that scene of the car driving down the street and it's like fucking at an angle from where she's sitting in it. Uh, San Antonio is from San Antonio. Uh, people are taking horse and cow dewormer as a way to prevent and treat COVID-19 despite doctors and other health officials strongly advising against it. Ivermectin is a drug that doctors sometimes prescribe to kill worms or treat external parasites like scabies in humans, but it's also used for veterinary purposes. Due to misinformation on the internet, people have been starting to ingest veterinary-grade ivermectin, which is specifically labeled as not being for human consumption, according to the FDA. Yeah, no shit. Specifically for parasites. Yeah. COVID's not a parasite. No. Despite despite what uh, some less educated people might think, it is not, never was a parasite. Just because something is inhabiting your body does not make it a parasite. And maybe it came from bats, right? But doesn't mean it's a parasite. Yeah. Uh, God damn it. They're so fucking dumb. According to uh, medical director of the South Texas Poison Center, Sean Varney, he says, uh, in 2019, there were 191 total calls about ivermectin exposure in Texas. And in 2020, there were a total of 178 calls. So these calls might be linked to a child getting into a dose of ivermectin or someone could have had an adverse reaction, among other things. But from January 1st through August 26th of this year, remember, that's only three days ago, there have already been 260 calls in Texas alone relating to ivermectin. Varney said if that rate continues, Texas is on par to get somewhere around 390 calls about ivermectin by the end of this year. So that's more Are than the last really two years. Are we really that surprised, though? Because, like, the whole Tipod thing? Uh, it, it's both surprising and it's not surprising. It's disappointing. Yeah. That's for sure. So the U.S. FDA Twitter account, a verified official Twitter account, posted 
an article titled why you should not use ivermectin to treat or prevent COVID-19, but the post, the Twitter post itself, you know, it's bad when the FDA posts us quote, you are not a horse. You are not, a, <laughs> you are not a cow. Seriously, y'all stop it. Wow. Oh, that's cr- that's I'm, here live. It's not, I'm not a cat. I can, I can see that. <laughs> You're not a horse. You're not a cow. Seriously, y'all stop it. I wonder if they like threw the y'all in there because I like I say y'all a lot like when I'm being like y'all. I mean, I wonder I if just, they threw I that in it. there as a dig at Texas. Probably. Yeah. I mean, it's easier than saying like you guys because like not everybody's guys. But I mean, I feel like most of us feel that that's guys has become a gender neutral term, but it's not. Yeah, I try to say I try not to say guys now. I actually try to be like. I try to be cognizant of that. Um, I was at a, I was at work and um, I was doing a, I have to do these business reviews with these different groups every week. And uh, one of them was just showing off like a team building event that they did. And it was, it was like a, uh, it was a heritage thing in the, you know, the country where these, these folks are from. And it was, uh, in, it was like specifically like women's month or something that they do out there. It was all women. It was like all the, the women of the team and like in their mothers. You know, now I think about it, I think it was Mother's Day. Yep. <laughs> God, I'm a fucking idiot. Anyway, whatever the fuck it was, uh, I'm like, oh, you guys look great. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, y- 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 y'all look great. I, yeah, I will say there is no equivalent. Like, y- you ladies look great. Like, yeah. this sounds creepy. Like, <laughs> you girls look great. Like, you know, like, there's no... I should have said there's none. Hold on, I should have said this. Yo, all you bitches came out very pretty tonight. <laughs> you dropped the ball. Oh, totally missed, missed opportunity, man. Yo, all you bitches came out very pretty tonight. <laughs> go back in time and fix that. Oh, accent us something in our group chat. Uh, it, was a, it was a face like an actual Facebook post and the t- the tweet, the related tweet was taken down. So I, I'm, I have to read this off the screen cap that thankfully it was preserved. The preview image. Uh, this woman posting a question on Facebook saying, I started the preventative regimen of ivermectin based on the FLCCC guidelines. And I literally shit myself at the grocery store today. <laughs> Is this normal? I want to protect myself, but... Like, is this just the early toxins leaving or every, every, every sentence there ends with several question marks and I I can't post the, uh, or I can't pull up the the tweet because there's a great exchange, but she mentioned something like I was prescribed ivermectin by an online doctor and I haven't been able to reach them for two days now. Uh, what, what was the actual response? Quote, my prescription is legitimate. Just ask Dr. XXX bitch fucker 69 XXX. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That is the old. This, this is the. This is world. the weird time to live in. This is the world in which we now live. And people are like new normal, new normal. Yeah, this is your new normal where yep. everyone is just stupid. Where yep. every, everyone is just, uh, I mean. Stupid people have always existed. Did IQs just drop sharply while I was away? But you're really seeing now the idiocy of people since COVID became a thing. 
and it really is because of social media. It's because of our uh, our our ex president. It's it's because of the different media resources that are available now, like Fox News, especially peddling. You know, oh, I think all of them are yeah. bad, to be honest. Yeah. I, I'm sure there's one that's good, but most of them are pretty one sided. So, yeah. I mean, Fox News for me is the most offensive, but like I see. ABC do all sorts of things where they don't tell the full side of the story. And they also word it in a way where you can be like, you didn't add a key information, a key bit of information in there that kind of changes the perspective of this whole piece. So I'm very much fuck the media. They're all just in it for the money. They're not trying to inform us. They're just trying to fucking get money. That's why I get all my news from the one American news network. I get it. I don't hardly focused. Yeah, no. Uh, well, here's two things. No, I do not. I, I, I refuse to acknowledge the existence of OANN. Uh, and also, uh, yeah, if you want to get your news from hardly focused, that's fine. But you probably shouldn't be coming to us for news. <laughs> no, definitely not. And, you know, I'm one of those not smart peoples, but like I'm I'm at least like low tier. Like I'm not like, you know. Yeah. Listen, if we, if we if we say there's breaking news. It's probably not going to be serious. Except for the very beginning of the show when we announced that Ed Asner passed away. Like, that was that serious. Was serious. That was serious. Because it just happened, and he's a, he's a fantastic actor, and it was uh, 91 years old, but still uh, a shock to a shock to hear. So that's... It always sucks. Yeah, that's, that's some serious news you'll get from us, but otherwise... Um, just farts and stuff. Oh, yes. I mean, if you want some serious news about farts, I'm sure we could pull some out of our ass, but... I see what you did there. Ah, I got the jokes. Learning oh, from the master. Gas. Learning from the master. <laughs> that was a gas. God damn it. My feelings. Oh, did you have any to begin with? Mm, no. Right. You, when you do stand-up, it kind of changes you. I like, believe it. Like... It's very, like, it's very stressful, and it's very, like, it's, yeah, it's it's kind of nerve-wracking, but, like, when you do it, it kind of makes other things less nerve-wracking, because you're like, well, I just was exposed in front of all these people, so it kind of makes everything else seem a little bit less crazy. When I was coming back from this wedding... Uh, last weekend I was driving through uh, Bridgewater, Massachusetts, and it reminded me of how. Oh God, I think it was about nine years ago. Now I went to, I was invited to a stand-up night, uh, at a you know a place somewhere in downtown Bridgewater. So I go, and I remember there's this one guy who gets up, and it was like open mic night too, right? Yeah. And this one guy just like walks up to the mic. And he just like takes it and he's just like, so earlier tonight I got into a fight with my girlfriend and I wanted to punch her fucking lights out. And that was it. Like he just stopped. He just stopped. And I don't know if this was part of the act. I don't know if he was using this as a therapy session. Um, The way he, he came up on stage and was holding the mic his pose made it seem like he was serious. I don't remember anything else about his his 
like two minute long set or whatever, however long he was given. Other than everyone was really uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, it happens, man. A lot of comedians, like in order to get up there, they need to do a bunch of drugs and then they just say whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like all don't, isn't it like pretty much proven at this point? Like all, all the best comedians are, have all the demons in their closets, right? Like they're all sorts of fucked up. Oh yeah. I mean, we all have sort of mental health issues or whatever you want to call it, whatever the PC version of yeah mental illness. I don't see, I don't like saying mental illness because illness implies like, you know, you're defective or that you'll get better, you know, like, so I try to avoid saying mental illness, even though like that's the the word for it um i say mental health but there's no like word for it like there's no equivalent like mental health issues is still like just as bad what about you know, like, like so you say met- mental health in us do you think the same about like the term mentally ill yeah because like so not to compare these two but uh to compare these two <laughs> like i think like it as saying something like you're weak, like you are weaker, you know, like how cancer is an illness and that makes you weak. And I don't think like depression and anxiety necessarily makes you weak or broken, but I feel like when you throw the term illness in there, like it, it implies that you are broken and that you need to be fixed or, you know, something of that. So, I mean, yeah, every now and then I will say mentally ill, but like, that's just my take on it. And I wonder if anybody out there agrees. That's the only reason why I'm bringing it up. I, I just, I'm curious what people think of that. I saw a video of what was described as a mental health crisis, which was the first time I've ever heard that term used. And it was some guy in an airport, and I think it was here in Florida or Texas, big surprise, flipping his shit over being told to wear a mask but he was like he was like coming at people like coming at the security guards he was he was kicking shit actually picked up like a post and was swinging he didn't actually hit anybody he rushed someone at one point and then immediately like bounced back and fell on the ground and and someone who commented on that saying like this is like what people having a quote mental health crisis do they don't actually hurt anybody if anything they're gonna hurt themselves eventually he was arrested thank god I don't think anyone got hurt. And then they found out he was a uh, Afghanistan war veteran uh, having a literally a, like a mental breakdown. Like it was a PTSD thing. But it was the first time I'd, I'd heard the term mental crisis. That doesn't really forgive anything, but at least there's some explanation behind it. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. I like that idea of calling yeah. it the crisis because it's. Yeah. So, so there, there, there are some stupid people in the world. People aren't that stupid unless they there's something going on. Unless they, you know, find out that like you've got a brain tumor that's affecting the part of your brain that makes rational decisions, or you're suffering from extreme PTSD and shit, man. You remember we? I had a fourth grade teacher. I don't know if you had the same guy, but if you he was a Vietnam War vet and if you threw an eraser, someone did this once. They threw an eraser on the ground and yelled "duck" and he ducked. Fourth grade. Fourth grade. Yeah. Um. No. Yeah, he, he, I, I felt bad. I, I mean, it was like at the time we were like, oh, that's hilarious. But like nowadays, it's like, dude, PTSD is real. People don't fuck around with that. Yeah, that's. But when you're that young, you don't really know. Oh, yeah. I mean, when we were kids. We were assholes. 
I was, yeah, I'm not, I'm, was. I definitely, I definitely wasn't the one who threw the eraser, but I did, you know, I took about the time until I was 25 before I realized, wow, I am just not a pleasant person. <laughs> so same. Anyway. Cool. All right. Let's uh, take a breather and we'll wrap up this episode of Hardly Focused. What do you say? Yeah. Okay. Stick around. We'll be back. We're highly contagious. You are listening to Hardly Focus. I'm wearing a goddamn coat and I'm still fucking freezing. Yeah, I got a goddamn high fever. Get me the fuck out of here. I'm constantly in the state of wanting to throw up. On February 12th, 1981, the Canadian band Rush released their seminal album, Moving Pictures. Speaking of moving pictures, Hardly Focused is available to enjoy on YouTube. Watch us talk at each other and subscribe to our channel at hardlyfocused.com slash YouTube. Seven females at a Rush concert. Must be some kind of a world record. This is the end. Hardly Focused. The end. Well, you made it to the end of this episode of Hardly Focus. Thank you for listening. If you got this far, if you can put up with us. And there is just a whole lot of shit that happened this week. Whole lot of stuff that uh, we didn't get to. Uh, One thing that I know Nate wanted to hear about was uh, the Zambian pastor... This is uh, something we had uh, slated for our previous segment. How fucking dumb are you? Uh, let me pull it on up here from, I don't even want to try to pronounce the name of this uh, website. Uh, it's Kenya Diaspora Newsleader. So it's so this is from Africa. Okay. A Zambian pastor dies after being buried alive, hoping to resurrect like Jesus. Well, he's got half of it done. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't, uh, I, you know, I'm not the smartest man. I really am not. I would be the first to tell you that I'm not smart, but I don't think this is how you do it. Well, I mean, the first step to resurrection is to die. So right. You got that part right. Right. I mean, these are like the, the cultists who, uh, you know, think if they drink the, the poison, then they're going to blast off into space and go to the new world. And then you, you find them all dead. Wearing their new Nikes. Yeah. Was it Heaven's Gate? Was it Heaven's Gate the one that they were wearing all the... They they had like every single one was wearing brand new Nikes or something? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, The article here says, A pastor in Zambia has died after he was buried alive by his followers. Uh, Pastor James Sakala of the Zion Church in Chidiza? Chidiza town claimed he would resurrect after three days just like... Jesus, the son of God. Uh, He says, quote, all ye of little faith, bury this Sakara you see now, and he shall rise, arise from the dead and breathe his free lungs full again. He allegedly told his followers before being buried. Dressed in a white gown, a pair of leather slippers, and his hands tied up, the clergyman was buried alive in a shallow grave by three members of his church. The 22-year-old assured his followers that he would come back to life on the third day, but they found him dead when they dug up his grave. Oh, Jesus. Reports indicate that Sakala's soiled gown was covered with mucus and blood, an indication that he struggled to death. Ah, you hate to see it. Jesus Christ, what a fucking idiot. I'm sorry. What an an idiot. And if you believe that, like, okay, yeah, I, 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 like, well, well, begrudgingly accept anyone who's very 
dedicated hardcore into religion and believes this stuff. But goddamn, if you believe it to that point, then uh, you know you you God help you or whatever you believe in help you. <laughs> I see what you did there. Deity help you. Yeah. Jesus, that is pretty rough. Like, I I've heard of hardcore believers, but that's like taking it to the. I think that the Jonestown massacre, not to be um, confused with the Brian Jonestown massacre, which is a band. Jonestown massacre. Oh, man, that is just bizarre and a great example of why, you know, people who are uh, a great example why religion is scary. That's why I'm happy, uh, happy that I'm uh, I'm not um, an atheist. I'm uh, agnostic. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, same but uh yeah i mean like fucking drinking the the flavor aid the spiked flavor aid yeah because that that, that will save you what nothing I mean, it's none of that makes any sense none of that makes any sense to me what i find so fascinating is that even in like the netflix special explained when they're talking about cults they're like yeah it's a very fine line between religion and cults like oh yeah like some people don't even see where the line is like it it's weird because i mean i guess anything can be like that if you're if you believe it hard enough can you think of a cult that wasn't uh 100 percent um tied to religion yeah no it's all it's all even even the i mean if you want to uh look at the MAGA heads, right? Like I, I consider that to be a cult. Like anyone who's a you know yeah, an, ardent, an ardent supporter of Donald Trump, I, I I see them as cultists, but they're usually conservatives and Christians, and there's there is some degree of religion backing that, even if it's not fueling that movement. Yeah. So uh, there, there were well, there was some group back in 2012 when everybody thought the world was going to end. There were some that like purely went on like for money right like, isn't, isn't that all i mean that's also kind of based on religion too right it was based on a like a like an old calendar that we don't follow anymore i don't remember i seem to remember there was a lot of things that like came out that said that 2012 would be a good year for it to end i mean it would have but i mean there's something about like oh there was a media there's always there's always an asteroid or a meteor or comet coming towards earth oh yeah always yeah so there was that and there's there was a few other things but i've kind of erased it from my mind (laughs) well uh one other thing that i wanted to feature here um why don't we end on a i mean there's a couple of i guess notes that we can end on but uh i want to really quickly mention Nandy Bushell, who is a a child prodigy behind the drums, uh, she engaged uh, Dave Grohl last year in a uh, in a They're virtual. Married? In a, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it queued up. Sorry, <laughs> I don't. I don't, I don't have any funnies queued up for you. Sorry, man. Yeah, we um, took care of it. <clears throat> 
Uh, she engaged uh, Dave Grohl last year in a virtual drum battle and uh, got to effectively fulfill, if you will, a wish of her being able to perform live with Dave Grohl and Foo Fighters. They played at the Forum uh, a couple days ago. And typically the last song of the Foo Fighters set is ever long. And I don't know, when I saw Foo Fighters, they, uh, they, it was Dave like by himself and then the rest of the band comes out and they close out the song. But in this case, they actually had her playing um, the, uh, the whole song. They did a whole song as a band. Man, that, that had to have been Everest for her. I mean, you know she's going to be, when, when she grows up, when, when she's an adult, she's going to be a famous drummer no matter what. Yeah. But this, like, she's like 12 years old, I think. I mean, younger, older, I'm not sure. But like coming out on stage to a sold out show, Foo Fighters, and you have your drum kit there and you're about to play with, you know, one of your favorite bands. Like what's going through your mind? Yeah. What are you thinking about in that moment when you were brought out on stage with them? <laughs> well, I mean, not to brag, but like I've done a couple talent shows in like <laughs> middle school and I'm I'm sure it's something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, I, I still say, dude, like something that really got me into wanting to play drums was like, I think it was like seventh. We were in the seventh grade, but it was watching you do a, a drum solo. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I mean, it's ironic that I got you into drums because you became a better drummer than I ever became, but cool. <laughs> I think I've told you this before. I, I thought you were also doing a, uh, like an Alex Van Halen type drum solo. Cause yeah. on their, on their live without a net, um, not live without a net, sorry, right here, right now, uh, the drum solo that's on there sounded very similar to the one that you did. Yeah. I'm, we talked about that when Eddie passed. Oh yeah. I but yeah, thanks. I mean, that means a lot. Oh yeah, of course. But I still, there's a reason why I gave you my cymbals, my wood blocks, <laughs> yes, my you, cowbell. You gave, you gave me equipment, which I then promptly like destroyed most of them. By I playing. think you still have the wood block. <laughs> I still have the block. Yeah. The block and the yeah. cowbell. Um, the cymbal is no more though. Oh, well, that that was day one. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really thin symbol, too. <laughs> yeah, they were cheap. So uh, here's a little bit of um, Nandy playing with the Foo Fighters at the Forum in Los Angeles. And they were playing Everlong. Once I want, I want to show it to you, but uh, I'm having trouble pulling it up here. Just mime it. Do my yeah, do my best impression of it. Here we go. Um, and Andy Bush now playing with uh, Foo Fighters Everlong at the Forum. Here we go.
God damn it. That is awesome, dude. And that is, uh, you know, I've been playing drums for, uh, like almost 20 years now. That is not an easy song to play. Oh, the hi-hat work is so tricky. Yeah. I mean, that's that, that was, uh, you know, Dave, that's, that's just like the pinnacle of Dave Grohl drumming right there. And you, you can even see like when they play it, like with Taylor's playing, it's, uh, yeah, he seems winded when he's playing it right and dave has praised taylor hawkins for being like the only drummer who's better than him yeah although he probably broke taylor's heart because when he brought nandy out and introduced her he called her the best drummer in the world poor taylor's sitting there like but but you said i mean it i thought i was <laughs> he's gotta work on it he's he's got his Work cut out for him. I don't know if you saw, but Taylor, I think that's Taylor's kid sitting with him um, behind the kit. I, 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 there's two things I like about this. One, they, they slowed down the tempo just a little bit, but that just allowed Nandy to nail it. She did not miss a beat. It sounded flawless. Uh, and it, it wasn't like Taylor in Nandy playing. It was just Nandy behind the drums. Yeah. And my, my God... It is so good. It's so. The, my opinion, Dave Grohl is like the definition of rock star. Like he is the coolest. Like he always gets these bands come up on stage and and play, and it's it's so cool. Because mm-hmm. every single time you're like, that is so cool. They're so good. Yeah. I mean, you just recently I forget where they were playing, but he got. Oh, it was New York. I think it was when they were playing in New York City. You got Dave Chappelle to come up and sing Creep by Radiohead. Oh, I uh, didn't see that. That's hilarious. Uh, there's the whole Probot album, which is like Dave and all of his childhood heroes. You know, his metalhead heroes. Um, Rick Astley when they Rickrolled. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, I thought they were playing what? Smells Like Teen Spirit in honor of Spencer Eldon. <laughs> yeah. And then Rick Astley comes out and it was actually, you know, the song. I love that everyone uses that joke. Like, hey, did you know Dave Grohl was uh, the drummer? Like, looks like the drummer from Nirvana. That's like, man. That's like to go from like the first joke ever told. To go from Nirvana to Foo Fighters and just have that level of superstardom. Usually, yeah. you usually can't replicate that. Yeah, and I'm glad that he, you know, and and that he's kept. He's on good terms with like Nova Selic and, and you got you got Pat Smear in the band in the Foo Fighters now. Um I'm glad that he, you know, keeps in touch and he, you know, doesn't he he tries hard not to burn bridges and, and have enemies in the music business. I can't remember. Was did Pat only did he what did he first play on that acoustic MTV set or was he before then? In Nirvana? Yeah. He joined for the In Utero tour, I believe. Okay. I couldn't remember if like he was just the backup for No, he he had been a touring member. I don't know if they ever counted him as an official member close to, you know, Nirvana's dissolution, but um he he had been brought on for the In Utero tour and that MTV Unplugged performance was around that time. So, okay. But Pat Smear also, his uh, claim to fame was, uh, I can't remember if he was in Scream with Dave Grohl. Um, I can't remember. Because uh, I think Franz Stahl 
from Scream joined Foo Fighters at one point, but uh, he was in the Germs, which was a very influential punk band. Um, but uh, and Pat, you know, Pat has like come and gone a bunch of times, but since he last rejoined the band, he's he's been a permanent fixture. So yeah, um, I th- like the only musician that comes to mind that I know Dave uh, had a falling out with was the original drummer in the Foo Fighters he's also the drummer from Sunny Day Real Estate because yeah. he I mean the guy's he like recorded an okay, all over his drums like that's pretty yeah pretty rough. he was an okay drummer but oh yeah for sure but he wasn't Dave Grohl and Dave Grohl took all of his drum tracks threw them away and then re-recorded them without even telling the dude oh yeah kind of I kind of get it there's there's uh two tracks on color in the shape that feature William Goldsmith's drumming and you can tell there's just is a night and day difference because it's so it's it's like it's basic four four, but it's just the way he's hitting the drums too. Like you can tell when it's Dave playing because you can hear the you know the energy being put into just destroying the kit and the cymbals and the heads and everything. Which is crazy because he does the same thing for the song Seven. I don't know if you're familiar with that song, but he goes ape shit on the drums. Oh, Sonny. Yeah. Oh, I fucking love Sunny Day Real Estate. Yeah, my, One of my favorite, like, songs, I, I made this playlist of, um, like, my favorite songs that came out in the uh, last uh, decade. Oh, I don't even think I included it. I'm going to kick myself if I didn't include it, but Sunny Day Real Estate released in 2014 a new song. And it was yeah, recorded, I, I think, if, if like, five years prior when they'd reunited and they had attempted to record an album. This is, like, the only completed track from those sessions but it was it was a fucking it, it like it, it almost didn't sound like Sunny Day Real Estate. It was such a hard song, and it was so good. Yeah, I love Sunny Day. Oh, I wish we got more out of that. Yeah, or there's never gonna be an, we're never gonna get Sunny Day back together again. They all hate each other. I think Dan yeah. Horner's done with music entirely. But I, um, you know, uh, uh, what's his face there? Nate Nate Mandel. He's he's set with Foo Fighters. Um, I don't know what Goldsmith's doing now, and then Inex got a whole solo career that he's happy with so that reunion that happened a few years ago or a few years ago 10 years ago now was just uh i there was definitely the paycheck reunion <laughs> didn't mean that we got some good music out of it. they at least tried to record stuff we at least got one complete studio recording from them um and some good there's videos of them playing like at coachella that were great they played on jimmy fallon back when jimmy fallon had was doing late night and had like fantastic bands on his show um, Sunny Day played there. Jimmy found back when he was doing when he was the late night host. Oh, I wish he would do the same thing with the Tonight Show because he, he he had so many great bands play when he was a late night host. And one of my favorite things was he got Jawbox to reunite for one performance, and it was on his show. And now Jawbox is back together and proper, but like the fact that Jimmy Fallon could pull them together. You know, these are all like back then. It was just all of Jimmy Fallon's favorite bands just getting to play on his show. Yeah. And I guarantee you anyone listening to this, there's probably one other person out there who's like, I love Jawbox. Everyone else is like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I do like the Jawbreaker because Jawbreaker is one of my favorite bands. And they and Jawbox w- would tour together, but they're also confused for one another. And they love it. They take it in stride. 
uh, like Jawbox did a performance on um, like KEXP or one of those like West Coast public radio uh, stations that always has like great music musical performances. If it was Jawbox, then Jawbreaker was plugging it. And like vice versa. They will always promote each other's shows because people are like, they can't tell the difference between us. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. All right. Uh, we should just do a whole fucking show just talking about music. We could. Where we just don't talk about the COVID. And we don't talk about stupid people. We just talk about music for two hours. I, I would be down for just doing that. We should do that. We should. All right, Nate. Uh, well, thank you for being here. Um, thank you for doing the, the thing with me. Oh, as always. Thanks for having me. Yeah. As always. Um, I'm glad that uh, we're still doing this. And uh, remind me to do what I did this past week and spend the week doing show prep because then look we're stacked oh yeah like like a like a washed up cosplayer we're stacked ah that's what <laughs> <you did there. laughs> cool all right well i appreciate you and if you i appreciate uh, you and if you listen to this episode uh, i appreciate you as well we will talk at you next time do i have it queued up i do wow this never happens okay we'll talk at you next time see you bye goodbye Hold on. Yes, Cooper. Hold on. Yes, Cooper. What's the matter? What's the matter? What's wrong? Breaking news. He, Dog. <laughs> he had he had the whole episode to say something and he wanted to do it now. Okay. Well, let's try that again. We'll talk at you next time. <laughs> okay. Okay. See you. Bye. Goodbye.